We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. If the Spirit of God dwells within us and reaches out from within us, of course we will see the supernatural. God always intended for us to operate in the supernatural. Actually, that's the, that's the natural existence he planned for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could continue the miraculous music, uh, ministry of Jesus. Of course, none of this is related to our natural ability. This is something that God gives to us. The whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. God is glorified when his attributes are put on display. The supernatural is just one of those ways that he puts his attributes on display. When he steps beyond the laws of nature, it causes us to see him in a new way and therefore to love and serve him more fervently. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it is the presence of God, the reality of God that we're really looking for. Now, later on today, we're going to be celebrating the birthday of two of our grandchildren. We will, we will take them gifts. I don't expect that they will grab the gifts and then tell us to clear off. You see, I believe that the gifts are an expression of our love to them and their receiving them is an expression of them receiving us. You see, we want the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we want the presence of God. We want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need that. God never intended that we actually seek to manage without that. We need that, particularly, always, but particularly when we're reaching out. Because throughout the scripture, we see that time and again, people turn to Christ when there was manifestation of his supernatural power on the earth. So today, we'll look at uh, some stories about three particular gifts. Remember, they're gifts. You don't earn them. You don't gain them by maturity. They're gifts. Gifts of the Spirit. We're going to look at word of knowledge, healing and prophecy. And these stories that we look at will show how the gifts glorify God, reveal his attributes, and cause the people in the story to love and serve him better, which is what we're really looking for. I'll give a short description of what these scriptures, what the scriptures say about the gifts. And then some of you have given me questions, uh, which I appreciate, and then seek to respond to. So it's going to be different. We keep trying to do things differently. I have always appreciated that kind of question and answer format. And so I encourage you to send in your questions in the normal way to the office. And that will, we will seek to use those uh, as a different way of communication. So let's look at, first of all, word of knowledge. Now I did speak somewhat about that recently. We'll use examples um, outside of us because we don't want to overexpose situations and people, but be assured uh, there are many examples of this 
among us. Let's think of some stories, first of all. Let's think of a biblical story, the woman at the world. My, uh, Martin talked to us about this just a few weeks ago. Jesus just knew, word of knowledge, about her situation, about her marriage, or rather lack of marriage. And that very thing, remember we talked about picking the lock, the key that opens the door. That word of knowledge, that gift of the Spirit, is often used to unlock a situation, as it did in there, and many became followers of Jesus. We had a prophet amongst us some years ago, and he spoke about a story where God, he was on, the, on a flight, and God spoke to him, and got talking with the man next to him, and was able to speak to the man about his situation, his marriage, his adultery, and, and see just an amazing change, because it was a revelation right into what was happening in the man's life. Sometimes it's a little odd. There was another prophet some years ago, uh, again operating in a word of knowledge, and he was, he was speaking in a meeting. And he got this thing about somebody with an earache. <laughs> Didn't seem very significant. But the significant thing was that he had to bring the significance it was the result of him bringing that that actually led to significant other things. Yeah, the, the ear, um, ache went, but so much more happened out of that. I find sometimes when I'm uh, seeking to help someone minister to people, I'm listening, but what God is saying, the word of knowledge is something quite different to what they're saying. And that's the thing that's going to unlock the situation. So to understand what we're talking about, let's just give, it's, it's basically a, a supernatural revelation of facts. Um, it's, it's something that we wouldn't know. We wouldn't be able to get to it um, in any other way. Uh, it's, it's not a detective operation. It's not a uh, a question of of trying to to kind of search through. It certainly gives a way forward. So let's just define it. Knowledge received from the Holy Spirit to enable us to more effectively minister to the needs of people for the glory of God. To know and understand situations, circumstances, strategies of the enemy what the kingdom of darkness is about. It enables us to know how to speak in the situations I've just mentioned with a knowledge that can surprise, can baffle, can disarm, open up, bring answers, healing and understanding. Having said that, as just a little kind of description and introduction, let's just... Uh, Pick up some questions now. And the first, I think, is from Charlotte. Hello. Um, so how do I know when God is talking to me and when I'm talking to myself? 
Yeah. I think there is some ways we can know. Does it fit with his nature? Uh, God will never say through uh, a word of knowledge something that's contradictory to the Bible. Another question, is it, is it convicting or condemning? See, it, it reflects the very nature of God. And it is perfectly okay to ask God to confirm his word. Sometimes that will happen through somebody else. Sometimes it just comes like stronger to us. It, it, it just won't go away. By the way, sometimes when somebody brings a word, maybe a prophetic word, and you think, oh, hmm, I've just heard, I, I, that's what I was going to bring. Oh, I can't bring it now. No. No, if God gives it to us, we should bring because, in fact, the Bible says in two mouths shall everything be established. Another question, Charlotte. Um, if I don't have anything supernatural, am I doing something wrong? See, being born again, we, we talked about this last week, that's the most amazing supernatural experience that anybody can ever have. That's the greatest work of the supernatural. So let's, let's never think that um, we're missing out when we've already experienced that greatest miracle. We're designed to live supernaturally. You know, the enemy would like us to, to sort of sit there and think that we, we've done something wrong. Or to try and get us to search, well, was it this or was it that? Did I kick the cat or something, you know? And it, it, it can play games with us, but you see, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, that convicts of sin, righteousness and judgment. So us trying to search our own selves, did I do something wrong, is not really the job that God gives us. His Holy Spirit will show us what we did, what we did wrong. Did you have one more? Yeah. Um, what do I do if I receive a word I'm not sure about? Ah, yeah. See, this is the joy of operating in team. This is the privilege of being in community, of not being just on our own. We can actually check out, this is what I'm feeling. And we can check it with a trusted leader or someone that we recognize can help us in that realm. Um, they're good questions, Charlotte. Thank you very much. Keep them flowing. Right, let's move on. Let's look at uh, now the, the next thing, uh, gifts of healing, something that we're uh, very drawn to, very much want to see. Think about a couple of Bible stories first. Let's think about blind Bartimaeus. He was, he was there. Uh, the crowd was moving past uh, with Jesus. And he calls out and they try to silence him. But do you notice what he called out? Jesus, son of God. Already there was a position of faith, a willingness to recognize he has the very people that would have uh, would have preferred him not to bother with this this blind beggar, but the very nature of Jesus was that he he, he got the the people that 
were trying to dissuade him, were trying to say to Bartimaeus, oh, shut up, be quiet. They were the ones, he said, now go and bring him here. And of course he was healed. Then there was the other story about the paralyzed man whose friends uh, took him, took him to where Jesus was. He was having some meeting in some house. Couldn't get in. What do they do? They're so committed, so determined, so in faith that if they just get their friend to Jesus, he'll be healed. But they go up and take the roof to pieces and lower him down. That's a remarkable story. Healing stories. Then let's just think amongst us. You know, recently we were celebrating Miles Jones' first birthday. What a miracle. What healing. And how the privilege that God involved us in praying through step by step as Daniel, Miles' father, gave us specific instructions, directions, information as indeed his father David had encouraged him to do, all having a bond. And then people coming amongst us. I remember not that long ago, one of the members of the new people in the Bulgarian group uh, spoke of a dramatic uh, touch from God, healing in our meeting. Then let's look at something not so dramatic. Dave Newman shared with us recently uh, about an emotional healing, uh, an anxiety that you wouldn't be able to do the job and found a God's peace, feeling of peace in that. Sometimes it's necessary that the person confesses the need. There is a, a, a powerful thing in confession. I remember in ministering to someone, it was really important. I just knew from God that they had to confess what the problem was. It's like, Ask, and it shall be given to you. It had to be named. So we're talking about gifts of healing. This is not just one gift, it's gifts of healing. From 1 Corinthians 14, let us remember it says, follow the way of love. That comes first. Then eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Gifts of healing, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It's a supernatural gift. It's not improved by medical training. And by the way, these, this gift is retained by the Holy Spirit. One of the translations would indicate that it's, it's the present continuous tense in the original language. So gifts are being given. So we can't say, I don't have the gift of healing. Because the next second, you can have the gift of healing because these gifts are being given. So let's turn to some questions again. And uh, Nick, this time, uh, let's have your questions. Okay, cool. My first question, in Acts, there seems to be supernatural stuff going on all the time. Why is that not as common now? Yeah, it's very impressive in Acts. Just bear in mind, of course, that the Book of Acts covers a quite a wide period of time. We tend to think it all happened at the same time, but no doubt it was a tremendous time. And I long to see more read about in the Book of Acts. It's a deep desire. But we have to say, what are we what are we actually looking for? We're not looking for dramatic encounters. 
we, if we stopped to think, if we went through and looked at the notes that we've got, the number of times people amongst us have come and, and testified, spoken of God's healing power that, that they themselves have experienced. Uh, and it's, it's good to remember that God is at work, even as we desire more. Let's give him thanks for what he's done. Yes, of course, we want to see more. Why do we want to see more? Because God works in us. This is God, the Holy Spirit, creating the desire. It's God who works in us both to create the desire and to give the ability to do his will. So because we're looking to see more, that's God at work in us. And God doesn't create a desire, set something before us, and then as we reach out to take it, whip it away. That's not the God that we know. We want to see more. Another question here. Okay, second question. Jesus talks about the importance of prayer and fasting when rebuking a demon. Is fasting needed in order to see such healing? Well, um, let's take that. If God tells you to do something uh, specific, then obviously it's critical that, that you do that. I mean, fasting is, is not the subject now, but it, it's there to bring us closer into the reality and presence of God. But we can't make it a formula. Uh, it's something that we have to do as God gives us instruction. Another one, Nick? Yep. So when the Bible, there's different examples of kind of demon possession and that kind of thing. Would a demon be the equivalent of what we see as mental health difficulties? Mm. It can be, but it doesn't automatically follow. Uh, in fact, um, we really can't find formulas. We can find principles in the scripture, but we can't find formulas. So it's, it, it wouldn't be right to automatically try and bring that into a formula. If, if there's something specific, like I've already said, Jesus said about fasting, then that's what we do. It's critical that we do it. But we can't automatically say um, that it is uh, deliverance that's needed. We know that all sickness, form it is, comes from the enemy. And it's important to remember, of course, that the scripture actually shows us that there was a difference between uh, issues of mental health and issues of deliverance. We find that in Matthew 4.24. So important, I don't think that we can really say, it wouldn't be correct to say that it's one and the same, that there are different things. And we'll talk more about that when we get on to the, um, onto one of the, the later gifts of distinguishing of spirits. Another one, Nick? Yeah, final question. What role does our personal faith play in seeing someone's healing? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, do you know what? It's not our ability to believe. Uh, we sometimes think if only we could, we could believe more, but it's really not. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I haven't expected much in terms of healing. And the person's been healed, 
and just the opposite times when I've absolutely felt yes I'm faith for this or I'm expecting this and nothing has happened it, it really doesn't depend on that it's by his grace not by our belief that's very very true um, right thanks Nick uh, Jenny and um, why doesn't God heal everyone who asks <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, but let's let, let's be clear it isn't because he doesn't care um, if we think uh, we can we can get the full measure of God and answer everything about God then we'd need the supernatural mind that he has I, I I don't know all I know is that he doesn't stop caring uh, and uh, our our opportunity is to is to trust him and no problem with keep asking you know that there's good biblical example of uh, the persistence of asking um, it, you know sometimes if somebody keeps on asking you think, oh, don't keep on but that's not God God's quite happy for us to come to him Got another one? Yeah. Uh, how do you stop yourself from losing faith when healing continually doesn't happen? See, I, I always come back to something that struck me so deeply. Um, can I just, I just use this. Some years in the church, they had a child that was born with a, 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 a terrible cancer. This child after many operations, we were very, very close with them. We were very involved. Eventually, about three years old, the child died. One of the most painful things I think uh, we've ever experienced. And I remember somebody saying to him, his name was Tim, Tim, what does that do for your faith that you, you've prayed and you've tried and everybody's prayed and now your child has died? What does that do for your faith? I always remember his answer. He said, my faith doesn't depend on that. My faith is based on the fact that Jesus died and rose again. And I think that our faith doesn't depend on God's or our assessment of his performance. Our faith is based on the fact that Jesus gave us, when we chose to make him Lord, he gave us the ability to actually believe him. He gave us that faith, which was a, a remarkable gift. So that's where the faith comes. And yes, we want God to do more. We're hungry for more. But our faith is based on the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. Thank you, Jenny. All right, let's quickly move on um, uh, to try and cover the, the last area. We're running a little bit over time, but... Um, I don't know. We'll just risk it. Let's live dangerously. So prophecy. All right, let's think about a couple of biblical stories very quickly. Remember uh, Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dream about the seven years of plenty and the seven years of lack. That prophecy was a significant thing to make a plan 
for the nation to survive through the awful drought and famine. If we bring it closer to home, uh, when God first began to speak to us about reaching into the community, he gave us a very clear word, serve the community in the needs of the community at the expense of the community. That was a, a very clear prophetic word about how we should operate. Gave us further instruction in that. And so that as we started the whole uh, community project, Lifeline Community Projects, we had a clear prophetic direction what should happen. Now, of course, when we started, uh, we were advised, and it was not bad advice, that if we kept small and didn't ask awkward questions, we'd be okay. But that couldn't be asked because we were challenging what was happening uh, in, the, in the area around about us. And so there came a time when there was great opposition and we were thrown off of committees and contracts were cancelled and, and uh, we were ready for a fight. But then God spoke to us prophetically, stand still and see the Lord's deliverance. So we did nothing. We just let all these things happen. We saw within 18 months such a turnaround that we were able to sub-business to the very people that were trying to wipe us out. When we were thinking about this, we remembered another example when Avril, those years ago, was so very ill. Richard Cole was coming and we had great confidence that Richard was, was a man of God that had been moved mightily. Dawn uh, and I were taking him to the hospital to see Richard, to, to see Avril, taking Richard there. Thinking that he was going to pray and, and God would undertake. And then when we get there, he said, no, I'm not going to pray for healing. Of course, at that point, my wife was ready to, to place him in a position that he needed healing. But in love. The fact of the matter was he had a word from God. And it was a word about giving thanks. And it seemed so contrary and so perverse, but it became so very significant. It was seven years ago when I had that accident. Um, overnight, the, when I was in hospital, uh, God spoke to Dawn and said this. He said, this may have taken you by surprise, but it was no surprise to me. That became, again, a prophetic word that was very significant in how we were receiving and, and, and working through that situation. can be encouraging. The prophetic word is, is very important for encouraging. In Deuteronomy 31, Moses speaks to Joshua. And it's about direction of taking the children of Israel into the promised land. And this was the word, the prophetic word, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, will never leave you nor forsake you. So what are we talking about? Prophecy is received by waiting on God. Not by some kind of spiritual medium that, with a blank mind. This is something that comes from God. It's very rarely predictive. 
That's more the ministry of the prophet rather than the gift of prophecy. The Bible tells us it's for edification, exaltation, and comfort, that's strengthening and encouragement. And every, every word the Bible tells us, prophetic word, should be weighed and judged. By the way, there's strong biblical encouragement to desire prophecy. So we've got some questions. Sue has a question. When you feel like you could really do with a word of knowledge or discernment or wisdom, etc., in a specific situation, how do you get it? Uh, this is a very deep and involved and complicated answer. Ask. You know, God loves us to ask. Lord, release your word to me or particular gift. Sometimes it just pops into our mind. And we tend to think at times it needs to be something more, but it can be just one thing. Now, we have to avoid the pressure. The pressure to recognize sometimes we don't have something to say, and that's okay. And we can't afford to make something up because of the pressure. I think it's interesting to notice in the example of Paul about where he should go, but he kept on trying to go into different places. You know, it's easier to sometimes steer a moving vessel. We keep moving forward. I think we've got another question now from Fatima. Great. Um, what if my prophetic word seems to be wrong? Does this mean I, we didn't hear from God? Well, um, the Bible says uh, that we prophesy in part. So before we determine it's wrong, we may be, it may be that we've got part. Yes, of course, it's good to stop when you've, when you've finished bringing what you've got rather than think you've got to add and explain more. It doesn't necessarily mean you've got it wrong. It may be you've got part, and it is good to be willing to be corrected, and it's very important not, not to give up. You know, God doesn't disqualify us if we make a mistake. Does it mean we didn't hear from God? Not necessarily, because you, should, you could have received something in part, and then it's a responsibility maybe of somebody else. According to the scripture, it seemed to look like sometimes somebody had part and somebody had the next part. So let me encourage you to continue to look to God. Did you have another question from you, Fatima? Yes. Is it possible to have all the gifts of the Spirit? <laughs> I, I like that. I like that idea of that hunger. And yes, it is. It's not usual but look for it have everything in that god's got you have another one yes if you're a new christian can god use you with the gifts of the holy spirit yes uh this is the wonderful thing you see this is not about maturity this is not about learning this is about being open to god and 
a new Christian or a young child even uh, can be used of God uh, because it's a gift from God, a gift of the Holy Spirit. So remember, it's a gift, so we don't earn it. Um, and we have to be careful uh, if God uses us that it doesn't lead uh, to pride. So therefore, sometimes it's helpful if people are a bit more mature. And um, it's really important that we uh, recognize that God wants us and wants to use us. So, Fatima, thank you. See, all of these things reveal who God is. His glory, his attributes on display. And his glory will fill the earth. God never intended us to operate outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. He sends his comforter. He transforms us to transform through us. So in these days, we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit, but there's a hunger growing for more, not just more of the gifts of the Spirit, but more of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So do feel free. Let us have your questions. But also, let's see what God's saying. I believe he's taking us on a journey that we might know more of him and that more of his attributes of the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.